Wisteria. Energy. 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 Hello everyone, welcome back to my channel and to the stories. So this one's called Wolves and Roses. It's by Christina Boer. So it's um, a fairy tale from what is known as the Magicorum collection, which means there's lots more. And if you go to Google Play Books, you will find a selection of books and there are so many beautiful different types of fairy tales with romance and drama. It's really good. Chapter 1. Briar Rose. I wait in the bottom level of the Daenerys League in midtown Manhattan. As basements go, it's not too bad. The space is snug and clean with concrete block walls. A linoleum floor and hardly any cockroaches. For New York, that's a big deal. I fidget on my chair. The plastic seat is so cockeyed, my left butt cheek has gone numb. And that's not the worst part of the situation. Any minute now, my Magicorum teen therapy group will begin. Yay! The metal door slams open. And our group facilitator, Madame Grimoire, swishes into the room. As always, Madame looks like she fell out of a kitchen appliance ad from 1952. She's middle-aged with wavy brown hair and perfect makeup. Her airline dress is sky blue and stops mid-calf. She tops off the look with pearls, red lipstick and white gloves. No, I'm not kidding. White gloves. I hate her so much. Greetings, children. No one answers her. Looks like I'm not the only one who hates Madame. After slipping onto her chair, Madame folds her hands neatly on her lap. I am Madame Grimoire, your facilitator. If you were assigned to this group, that means you're part of the Magicorum. I inwardly groan. Here she goes again. It doesn't matter how many times we've heard this spiel. Madam always gives the same speech. That means you're one of the three magical races. Shifters, witches, or fairies. In addition, you could be a non-magical human in their immediate family. But however, you came to be classified as such. Being a member of the Magicorum makes you a very rare commodity. Magic is disappearing from our world, and the Denari League is committed to saving it. Madame pulls a tablet from a pocket. Now, let's begin with the roll call. Briar Rose. I raised my pointed finger. Here. Cinderella. I've told you a million times. It's Ella. I scope out Ella and smile. Today she came to the group dressed like a street urchin, complete with ratty blonde hair and rags. Ugh. Ella must be working a new con that involves dressing like she's homeless. All the scams are for good causes, though so I shrug it off. Scarlet, asked Madame. Present. Scarlet gets a name from the Red Riding Hood fairy tale. 
She has got ebony dark skin, a punk rock wardrobe and a firm commitment to avoid talking in group. That's typical for werewolves, though. Wears, well, they're notorious for being silent, grouchy and fashion forward. And last but not least, we have a new girl here. Madame slaps a fakey smile ever on her face. What's your name? Long pause follows. When the girl speaks, the word comes out at a peep. Vienna. She has straight black hair, brown eyes and pale skin. Considering her long dark dress and the cruel perch on her shoulder, Vienna is definitely a witch. You're new to the group, Aviana. I am. How much do you know about what we do here? Nothing. Aviana's big brown eyes seem to take up off her face. Poor thing is terrified. Why don't I give you an example? Sure. My shoulders slump. Oh, damn. Madam always chooses me as an example of why we're here. It's super embarrassing. Now, Madame's face beams with a sick sort of glee. All the magic quorum have lives that follow a fairy tale template. Since you're here, that means you're failing miserably at that template. Now, who should I choose as an example? Madame scans the room while tapping her chin. Don't say Briar Rose. Don't say Briar Rose. Don't say Briar Rose. Madame points right at my nose. Let's use Briar Rose, she said it. I raised my hand. Maybe someone else wants to be the example this time. Madame keeps right on going like I haven't said a word. It's super irritating. Briar Rose is a non-magical human who should follow the life template for sleeping beauty. She eyes me from head to toe. There are some ways in which Briar Rose is an excellent illustration of that template. To begin with, she's an adopted child of three fairy aunties who named Briar Rose. Also, she's an attractive girl with brown hair and blue eyes, so she does look somewhat the part. And finally, she's afflicted with a magical illness that makes her fall asleep whenever she's overexcited. Show them your inhaler, Briar Rose. This is so humiliating. No. Shh. Does she care to listen even? Briar Rose is embarrassed about her condition. So she keeps an inhaler close by to help stay awake. The easiest way to explain her ailment is that it resembles a disease where you spontaneously fall asleep, such as narcolepsy. However, Briar Rose stays frozen, usually while standing, with her eyes wide open. It's odd but still very much in accordance with the Sleeping Beauty Life template. Did you get permission from my doctor to tell everyone my medical history? I'm just speaking to hear myself talk at this point. The whole legal permission thing has never shut up Madame before. Even so, you can't let me go for trying. According to her life template, Briar Rose should reach her happily ever after by the age of 18, which is almost here, isn't it? Today is Wednesday, and your birthday is... She stares at me expectantly. Saturday. So your birthday is only three days from now?
And according to your life template, you be, you should be marrying some handsome prince as the sun sets this Saturday, shouldn't you? According to the template, and that's a bunch of crap. I don't want to be Magicorum. I want to be a regular human. Who cares if I don't match up their idea of sleeping beauty? Madam sighs. Alas, you're happily ever after. Is nowhere in sight, is it? Answering madam isn't helping today, so I keep quiet and check my manicure instead. Yep, still there. Let's review the key ways that Friar Rose fails her life template. Arantes have found her a wonderful prince in the form of Philpot. I'm sure you've all heard of him. The papers call Philpot his highness of hedge funds. I'd explain that we're all 17 and don't give a crap about hedge funds, but that would only make her launch into a speech on how important money is, so I'll pass. In any case, Philpot is a darling, yet Briar Rose hasn't warmed to him. Translation. I can't stand Philpot. The man is the definition of a douchebag. He offered to marry you this weekend, says Madame. I remember. I was there when he proposed. And I said, no, talk about awkward. Madame's voice turns all dreamy. Any woman would kill to marry Philpot. I roll my eyes. Madame is always going on about how super awesome Philpot is. It's super creepy. The way she talks about him, you'd think she was the one marrying him. Only, you know, willingly. Enough about Philpot, Madame Clays of Broad. <clears throat> we need to discuss Briar Rose's other shortcomings. I hold back a moan. More shortcomings. I thought we were here to learn how to follow our life template. Madame keeps right on ignoring me. Instead, she continues talking to Aviana like I'm not even here. Briar Rose also fails to show any interest in birds and woodland creatures. Now, I won't admit this out loud, but Madame is spot on about this part. Birds do nothing for me. The only thing I really care about, of all things, is finding Papa from ancient Egypt. I know, strange. Because of all this, Briar Rose has been declared unfit for a typical school with normal humans. Instead, she receives a combination of home tutoring and group therapy. In other words, my life is a fairy tale equivalent of the island of misfit toys, and it's all thanks to a spell cast on me by a powerful fairy Colonel Mullery, the magnificent jerk. He's the one who gave me the sleeping condition. I hate him, even more than I hate Madame. As Madame drones on about all the ways I suck, I force myself to focus on the bright side. With any luck, my sleeping condition ends in three days. June the 1st, that's when I turn 18. And the spell from Colonel Mallory goes, bye-bye. Come the fall, I could be caught up normal human stuff. That should pass a typical non-magicorum girl. I might even attend the exclusive Westlake Prep School so I can spend my senior year with other non-magical teens. A normal high school. I want that so badly. I could scream. Madame clears her throat which is a sure sign that she's done with her speech. I catch the tail end. <clears throat> that, <clears throat> my children, is why Briar Rose is a total disaster. Any questions? No one responds. Ellie starts yanking bits of string from her frayed skirt. Since she's my best friend, I know what that means. 
She's pissed for me and planning to derail Madame the first chance she gets. I love Elle. Madame keeps glaring at Aviana. So, my child, if you're here, you're a reject. A failure. Do you understand? Aviana, lower's lip, lower lip starts to quiver. Mm, yes. Excellent. I'm glad I made that so clear for you all. Madame is a spiteful woman. But she's the gatekeeper of my future. I can only attend West Lake Prep once she signs off that I'm no longer magically challenged. She turns to me again. And one more thing. Don't let her pick on my clothes. Don't let her pick on my clothes is what's going through my brain. Briar. Yes. Madame's nostrils flare as she looks me over. Your outfit this week is slightly improved. And there, she did it. Nothing like a half compliment, half insult, to cut someone down while you're seeming to be nice. I keep my face calm. It's important not to let Madame see that she got to me. Thank you for sharing. Here's what that final bit of nastiness was really about. In some ways, Madame and I are similar. We're both what my aunties would call put together. My long brown hair is styled in fashionable waves. My clothes are tailored, black pants along with fitted cashmere sweater. I even have funky jewellery to dress things up. What can I say? I like to shop. However, Madame thinks we're in some sort of fancy pants competition. Whatever, I cross my fingers, hoping Madame is done fixating on me. Unfortunately, she keeps right on going. Since um, Aviana is new to our little group, I have an idea. Madame turns to acknowledge me once more. Why don't you tell her all about your strange dreams? Get the conversation started. Like I said, maybe someone else wants to share. Madame always dives into my dreams as soon as she has a chance. It's a little weird. But I'd like you to talk, says Madame. Oh, don't you want to go to West Lake? And here comes a great challenge of my life. On the one hand, we have a normal high school. On the other hand, we have the satisfaction of mouthing off to Madame. Guess what always wins? I lower my voice, which is a sure sign I'm about to kick some verbal butt. As a matter of fact. Nah, I'll go first. Elle raises her hand, silencing any further discussion. She's trying to save me from another verbal ruin, or run in with the Madame. Ellie's awesome for that. I asked Briar Rose, says Madame. You sure did. I'm answering though. Ella glares at Madame, Madame's eyes. When Madame's back down, it's only because Ella made her do it. Some days, I wish I were Ella. Instead, I settle for a best friend. Fine. Madame lifts her chin. After you've finished, I have big news to share with you. Cinderella. The way she says Ella's fairy tale name, I know it's trouble. Ella shrugs and turns to Aviana. I'm watched over by an evil fairy godmother. Other humans get too close and bam, she takes them down. That's why I'm on the streets instead of a regular high school. Aviana's brown eyes go wide. Did you say other humans? Madame just said you're a member of the Magicorum. Sure, I'm a member. It's like Madame said, you can be human and still be a member of the Magicorum. You just have to be related to a fairy, wizard or shifter. In my case, 
I live under the watchful eye of my fairy godmother. She elbows me in the ribs. It's the same deal for Briar Rose. Only she lives with three fairies. I lean back in my chair and kick my legs forward. Yep. Three magical cooks and a penthouse overlooking Central Park. That's my life. Madame's nostrils flare again. That's quite enough sass, you two. She focuses right on me. Especially you. There's almost an audible twang as my restraint finally snaps. Madame has gone too far. Technically, I was being sassy, and Ella here was just sharing. Oh, you both think you're so clever, Madame rounds on Ella. How about we discuss what I found out about you, Cinderella? Or shall I call you Abigail? I roll my eyes. So we're having this conversation again. Bring it on. Once again, my name is Ella. E-L-L-E. No one calls me Cinderella. Cinderella is the name of the forms you submitted to the Navi Institute in order to join the therapy group, says Madame. Perhaps it's even your criminal moniker. But all this talk about Cinderella, live template, is just that. Talk. Hmm. There's been no evidence of a fairy godmother in your life. Ella picks chunks of dirt for raggedy dress. Says who? My research. Madame lifts a small handful and scrolls through various screens. I just obtained some additional back records. Your birth name is Abigail Smythe. It seems that Cinderella is your outlaw name. She taps the screen with her long pink fingernails. Rumours abound that you're an expert jewel thief and a con artist. I'm not sure where you're getting a load of garbage from, says Ella. I'm just plain old Ella. Or in a pinch, Cinderella. I've got the evil stepfamily to prove it. She does, I offer. They suck. You're both lying, Madame folds her arm over her chest. How have you expelled from this group, Abigail? You belong in a regular high school. You belong in a regular high school. How much would I love to hear those words? Unfortunately, Ella hates the thought. Living on her own means she can hide from her stepfamily. Which is a good thing, considering how they treated her like a servant until she ran away. Now, if Ella attended a regular school under the name Abigail, she'd get dragged back into servitude in a heartbeat. For some reason, Ella won't give any particulars. Her family thinks Ella can only go under the name Abigail. I'm sure some kind of magic is involved, but I don't push for more information. Like I said, Ella's family is bizarre. And if it protects my friend, I'll call her whatever name she wants. Fortunately, Madam has brought up the whole Abigail thing before. Ella flicks her hair, sending a cascade of dirt to the ground. Per the magical preservation act. As long as I have a magical and witness to my fairy relation, I can keep my official classification. Therefore, I am protected as an endangered species. This is one minor benefit of being part of the magical room. Since magic is disappearing from the world, humans are trying to preserve it. They passed a bunch of cool laws too, like the one Ella's exciting. Madame straightens in a chair. <laughs> that would be true. If such a magicorum godmother existed, who has seen this mysterious fairy? I raise my hand. I've met her tons. I'm not sure if this is a part of the Sleeping Beauty template, but 
I'm a really good liar. Seems to go along with my sassy mouth. Madame glares at me like I just threatened her kittens. What? We've been over this before. I've absolutely met Cinderella's fairy godmother. I pretend to need a lick to my lips. In reality, it's just an excuse to send me stick out my tongue at Madame. You do realise that lying, to me, means you'll never go to Westlake Prep. How like Madame to keep threatening me with the number one thing I want. Well, I'm salivating to attend a regular school, but not, to, not, to, not enough to screw over Ella. I do, and I'm telling the truth. Not. Ella and I bumped this. We saw have each other's backs. Really? Madame asked slowly. If that's the case, what does this fairy godmother look like? Same as the ta- same time, same as the last time you asked me. I say, Blackabar is a small blue fairy with pink wings and pointed teeth. I smile sweetly. Any other questions? Hmm, I suppose not. Madame looks disappointed. Good. In truth, I've never met Ella's fairy godmother. I can't get a straight answer out of Ella if the woman even exists. Still, I need to protect my best friend. And since Ella is a master at a long con, she coached me on what to say when people press for information. Mostly, it's Madame who asks. Honestly, I worry about her much these two days. I worry about the hate we have for each other too. But Ella needs Madame. Same as I do. Every so often, my Vester gets noticed by the cops. They wonder why she isn't in school. That's when Madame can verify that Ella is part of a Magicorum team therapy group and therefore can't attend a regular school anyway. Long story short, Madame is our get-out-of-free-jail card for both me and Ella. In my case, I eventually want out of the jail, of home tutoring and into West Lake. Ella just needs occasional help avoiding an anti-lock-up situation. Madame returns her focus to her favourite victim. That would be me. Let's circle back to my original request. I asked you to share with the group. Are you still having those bizarre dreams? Shouldn't Aviana and Scar go first? I mean, Aviana is new. She has a bird on her shoulder. I think she should share. Plus, Scar is a werewolf who hasn't shifted yet. Unless she takes a wolf form by her 18th birthday, Arena Animal could. I lower my voice. You know, die, says Scar. She doesn't seem too upset by the prospect. She never does, really. Ella and I have a theory about that. We both think Scar has already shifted, only she doesn't want anyone to know for some reason. Otherwise, she would definitely be freaking out about her 18th birthday and all. I mean, I've seen shifters who have lost their inner animals. They all have this thousand-mile stare and act like robots. It's really sad. Ella leans forward. For the record, I'd also like an update on Scar's life. Exactly, I say. Everyone is sick of hearing about me and my dreams. Madam taps her high heel against the concrete floor. We've had enough interruptions for one afternoon. Briar Rose, you're talking now. I take a long breath. Remember Westlake Prep. Fine. I had the dream again last night. I'm in some crappy hotel room in New York, but the window looks out over the pyramids of ancient Egypt. Across the room, there's a table covered in papyrus. And the boy? asked Madame. 
Oh yeah. I can't help the dreamy tone that enters my voice. He's there too. He has black hair. Eyes blue eyes. There's a scar along his jawline. And through one eyebrow. He's not necessarily pretty. But with all his scars on leather, still, there's no denying. The guy is crazy attractive. I think about him a little. Okay, uh, a lot. Anything additional to share? I glanced around the room. The other girls seemed so open and interested. I can't help but keep going. Last night, I saw something else, too. Even Scar is intrigued. What were it? A golden jackal. Madame frowns. You saw dogs? Not all jackals are dogs. Some are actually wolves. Like golden jackals. They're native to Egypt. Everyone looks at me like I'm crazy, so I decided to clarify. I looked it up on Google. That seems to settle things. No one questions Professor Google. Madame frowns. A wolf? Why would you see a wolf? Even if it is one of these jackal things. How would I know? Madame's cheeks burn red. You're a sleeping beauty template. You should see the woods. Somewhere in Germany. Along with bluebirds, mice and chipmunks. Maybe even a few badgers. She's lost me there. Badgers? My point is, this is all wrong. You think I don't know? I gesture around the room. Isn't that why we're all here? I raise my finger, as if an idea was just occurring to me. Hey, how about this for a concept? Maybe you'll come up with some helpful hints instead of grilling me about my dreams all the time. Madame lifts her chin. I will not be spoken to in this manner. You're clearly getting worse. <sighs> That's all the time I have for you today. She rises. My mouth falls open. But what about everyone else? They haven't said anything. Scar's situation is pretty dangerous. Scar leans back in a chair and smacks her lips. She still doesn't look too worried. But even so, Madame should be freaked out for Scar's safety. After all, the girl is aware and she could lose her in a wolf. I've heard of shifters whose inner animal has died because they didn't turn. It's really sad and tragic. Madame should be concerned about that. For that matter, Madame should be really concerned about all of us, really. Madame starts typing away on her handle with her thumbs. I'm making a note about your disembodiment attitude, Briarose. Don't let that happen again. She quickly pulls some brochures from her skirt pocket and hands them out. Here's some reading material for next time. I check out the brochure. The headline reads, Mysterious Disappearances in the Magic Quorum. What you need to know to stay safe. Madame slips out another sheet from her pocket along with a pen. All of you must now sign here and acknowledge I gave you the pamphlet. Ellen and I in exchange a confused look. This is weird. Even worse, it isn't the first time we've gotten the safety brochure and a cover your ass phone sign. The last time this happened, someone from our group went missing. It was Blanche. A girl with a snow white life template. I jammed the brochure into my purse and stare at Madame. Are you worried about one of us? Considering she just lost it over my wolf story, there's a short list of who she could be worrying about. Of course not, Madame gives me a 1950s smile. The one that says, I just love cooking rump roast in my new electric oven. She makes sure everyone signs a form in quick succession. I watch her every move with interest. Madame is totally lying. 
Something about my dream set her off. Ella rests her hand on my shoulder. You know, Briar Rose, here is home tutored. One of her teachers is a master in mixed martial arts. Plus, I can handle a gun for some reason. It seems very important to add that fact into the conversation. Madame's fake smile stays firmly in place. In that case, I'm sure our dear Briar Rose is perfectly safe. With that, Madame picks up the sheet of signatures and simply walks out the door. Even for her, that's a strange thing to do. And that's the end of chapter one, guys, of Briar Rose. Please return next time for chapter two of Briar Rose and see where she's heading and what's going to happen. Many blessings. Wisteria, Wisteria. Wisteria. Energy. 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 Twister. 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 Twister.